met Jeremy Gardner during a year, I think it was 2000 to 2001, where I had just returned from my theological studies in Vancouver and had to come into Regent, or into Union College in Belfast. I think when you study abroad, they like to bring you home for a, a wee bit of reprogramming just to, to make sure that you're ready to minister in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. I think that's the purpose of that year. So I was on my year of re-entry into Northern Irish culture and Presbyterianism. And I, I met Jeremy once or twice during that year. He, he was a student at Union at the time. Since then, I've, I've always been aware of what Jeremy's been up to, particularly when he went to be the youth pastor at Highkirk uh, up in Ballymena. Now, Jeremy and I never overlapped during our time there. I was gone before he arrived. It's ironic, I guess, that both of us have been chased out of Ballymena since. Uh, I don't know what we read into that, but that's one thing we have in common. Um, and it's, it's a great pleasure this evening for me to invite Jeremy. He's, he's somebody who loves uh, working with young people uh, and always has had that on his heart. Uh, and this evening he's going to come and talk for a few, mil- for a few moments to the, the young people here, but I know we'll all enjoy listening to him. Jeremy, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for the invitation to come. I'm just going to move all this stuff. Um, I particularly like the video, especially when, when he said, you know, is, are, you, are you glad you're making friends? And he says, I don't have a choice. I thought that was specifically enlightening to the, to the situation. I thought it was great. Um, tonight, I want to ask a question. The question I want to ask is this. Do you want to be successful? I think we have. PowerPoint to go along with this. Who wants to be successful? Hands up. Do you want to be successful? Okay. Well, what we're going to do right away is we're going to say, we're going to have a wee bit of a, a, a game here, and I need three volunteers from the, from the youth. I'm going to ask the drummer to come up because he looks like he can talk. <laughs> he, look, he looks like he wants to talk. Anybody else? That's it. Another two, another one. That's it. Brilliant. Okay, and if you go on to the next slide, who is the most successful? Go on to the next one, please, as well. So what I want you to do, I'm going to hand you out sheets, okay? And I want you to look at this and say, I'll give you a wee wee minute to look at it, and you have to tell me who you think is the most successful out of that list. And you can play along. You can think, look at the list, and I want you to determine who is the most successful in that list. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few minutes to think about it. And you have to come up with reasons for it, okay? You just can't say, Bono, okay? You have to come up with a reason for it. Why do you think he's the most successful? Why do you think the person that you're picking is the most successful? You ready? Are you ready? No. They don't have to be long answers, honestly. pick somebody? Come over. <laughs> I invite you. Who did you pick? Bono. And why did you pick Bono? Because he'd done all the charity work. So Bono because of the charity work? Was there somebody that you consider the least successful on that list? David Brady. Why? After Celebrity Big Brother. After Celebrity Big Brother and what she said in regard to the racist remarks. Okay. Next, what's your name? Sorry. 
Rachel. What's your name? Peter. How many have? Um, Who did you pick most? Uh, Kieran Knightley. Right. Okay, I'm a bit worried of it. Why? Um, because uh, the amount of money that she's getting for her new parts of the Caribbean movie. Right, okay. Very good. And who's the least? Uh, Tony Blair. Right, okay. Why do you say that? Um, I don't know if I've got a reason, but... It's getting picked out anyway in a few weeks, yeah. so it's all right. That's yeah. good. That's okay. Thanks, Peter. What's your name? Alison. Who do you think is the most successful on your list? The Beckhams. The Beckhams? Why the Beckhams? Because they're always in the paper. Always in the paper. Okay. And what about the least successful? Jade. Jade Goody. Because of Big Brother? Brilliant. Thank you. Your name? Karis. Nice name. Okay. Who do you think is the most successful? The Beckhams. The Beckhams? Why? Because there's loads of money So loads of money, different football teams flying all over the world, that type of thing. And who's the least? Jade Goody. Jade Goody again. Right, okay, thank you guys. That's great. Anybody else want to suggest who they think is the, the most successful? Very un-Presbyterian of me to do this. I understand, but anybody want to say who they think is the most successful or disagree with some of the comments that have been made? The good thing about being a youth pastor is I can get away with this. <laughs> okay? Two things. I look differently, <laughs> and I can get away with this. Sorry. Somebody say something. Bono as most successful, and then Gia Goody as least. Why Bono? Same reasons as before. Anybody else choose somebody different? No? Anybody see Gia Goody as the most successful? See, I think she's been quite good on how she's actually marketed herself. She's like a reality TV person, you know? And think of what she's done out of that. I think that's amazing compared to the rest of the people who are very, very skillful in what they do. However, that's not what we're here to do. <laughs> Have a whole night doing this. It'd be great. You know, it's very interesting doing that, that little survey on success because our society determines what success is, doesn't it? We take a group of people... And what we do is we compare each other to each other. That's what success is based on. It's the scale that says we compare one person with another person. You know, for some of these guys, they were saying, you know, Kieran Knightley was the best because they looked at the five people and, and they said, Kieran Knightley stands out among the rest. That's what our society determines success to be. A comparison of people against people. You know, if you think about it in regard to our school system, you know, right from early age, we come through school and we're compared with each other. We're put into a stream of whether you're intelligent or whether you're not intelligent. It's a comparison scale that determines whether you're going to be successful or not. It doesn't change as you go on through life, sure it doesn't, like a job. I don't know if you meet somebody for the first time, what do you ask them? I know for me, the first question I ask them is this, what do you do? Because in my head, their answer will determine where they fit in the success scale. If they say to me they're a doctor, what am I thinking? Well, you know, pretty, pretty good. He's done all right for himself. But what am I saying? What, what am I saying to myself when he says, well, you know, I work for Ballymena City Council or Ballymena Borough Council or something like that, you know, or... 
if I work for, if, if I work in a, a bin man or something like that, what am I thinking? You know, they're not that successful, are they? We put people on a scale. It, does, it, it doesn't change. What about the car that you drive? Or the house that you live in? Or the area that you live in? East Belfast is becoming a very popular area. Very prestige place to live. Or even maybe it goes down to the person that you marry. To be seen with somebody makes you successful. You know, reality TV personifies this, I think. You know, Jade Goody was, was somebody within reality TV. That's where she came from. And reality TV takes a group of people, brings them together, people that you've really never heard of, and we determine, the public determine, who is the most successful out of that bunch. We phone, we watch them day and night in Big Brother, and then we call in on a Thursday or Friday and we say, this person is the most successful this week. Like, what is it about that scale? What is it that we put people on a scale that determines whether they're successful or not? Is this the way that you want to be defined in this world? Is this what you want to be known as, as successful, on a scale that compares each other with each other? Can you go on to the next slide, please? Go on to the next one as well. Can you go on to the next one? The, the reading that uh, Lois read um, is from Matthew 20. And I just want to read it, okay, briefly. It's from a different version. It's from the NLT. It says this, Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Next slide. Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit at my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord, over, lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. I think the next slide as well. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. You know, this is a story about a mother who loves her sons. And she goes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, can you make sure that my sons are successful within your kingdom? Can you make sure that they have a place of honor among your kingdom? That they will sit on your right and on your left? That's like any mother would do for their, parent, for their children, wouldn't it? I know my mom would try to do it for me. But here's a very logical answer in her mind. And Jesus turns to her and says this. He says, you know what? That's not for me to determine. I can't make that decision because I'm not in charge of the kingdom. The only person who can make that decision is God because it's his kingdom. 
And then what happens is the disciples hear about this discussion and they crack up. They start to lose it. And they say to the other disciples, says, look, what's going on here? Like, what's happening? And, and they say, and they start to complain. And um, Jesus turns to them and he says this. He says, you know, this, this reality that we live in, this kingdom that we're a part of here on earth, is, it's, a bit, it's a bit distorted. So it is. But the kingdom that you're from and the kingdom that you're a part of determines this. It says, if you want to be successful in it, you need to become a servant. You see, Jesus equates success with servanthood. They are together. Success determines and means that we will become a servant. You know, we call ourselves people, um, I work for an organization called YouthLink. And YouthLink is really an umbrella organization for the four main churches, including the Catholic Church. And what, what I do is I do community relations work between churches. I go around and meet young people from different churches and try to bring them together. Easier said than done, <laughs> okay? But that's, that's what I do. But the problem is, when I, when I go around churches and uh, the church, if you want to say, I meet people. I really struggle trying to find people who are successful in this term. In these terms, people who want to serve. I really struggle. You know, it's not a building we're talking about here. It's people when I talk about the church. When I meet people, you know, I really, I really struggle trying to find people who just want to serve. Who just want to say, you know what, I'm going to serve you. You know, if we call ourselves Christians, that means we associate ourselves with Jesus. Jesus Christ. That's where the name came from. And if Jesus is saying to his disciples, this is the way you should live, then there's a bit of a demand on us, isn't it? There's a demand on us to follow the way of Jesus. Servanthood. Success equals servanthood. How do we, how do we get a, a picture of what this looks like? What does this really look like in our reality? You know, I think Jesus gives us, if you go to the next slide, I think Jesus gives us an, a, a brilliant picture of this in John chapter 13. And this is the, the Last Supper. This is with Jesus, with his disciples, eating with his disciples, about to know that he's going to be betrayed and he's about to die. And he says this in John 13. After washing, Jesus, after washing their feet, that's the disciples' feet, he put, that's Jesus, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because it is true. And since I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's, each other's feet. Let's go on to the next slide as well. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. How true it is that a servant is not greater than the master, nor are messengers more important than the one who sends them. You know these things, now do them. That is the path to blessing. Here's Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And you might be thinking as you read through this, well, you know, what's that, what's that an example of? Servanthood, what's that, what's that really saying to me? You know, when you start to realize and read this story and consider 
that Judas was in the middle of these bombs. The person who was about betraying Jesus, the person who was about to hand him over to the authorities, and here's Jesus in the middle of this table washing Judas' feet. Does that not say something more? Jesus knowing that he's about to be handed over by Judas to the authorities. Does that not say something to us about serving? What does it look like to serve people even though we know they're going to stand up, stab us in the back? Even though we know they're going to talk about us? even though we know they're going to let us down. What does servanthood look like then? Because that's success in terms of the kingdom of God. That's what it means to be successful. You know, some scholars, some people who write books about the Bible, you know, they they talk about... um, uh, they talk about this passage and, and they say that Judas was actually in the place of honor beside Jesus. That was actually on his left hand side. And they, they put him in you know, the way we have the place of honor in our own houses. It's usually at the head of the table. Well, in, in that time, it was the left hand side of the guest. And Jesus was the, or sorry, of the host. Jesus was the host and the disciples were the guest. And Judas was meant to be at his left hand side. So here's Jesus putting Judas in the place of honor, knowing what he's going to do. Are we willing to put people in places of honor, even though we know they're going to let us down? Jesus is expressing something to us. He's saying, this is a way to live. If you want to follow me, if you want to be successful, then this is a way to live. They go hand in hand. You know, some of us might be sitting here, and as I talk, you might be thinking, you have somebody in your mind, and you might be thinking, but you know what? You, you have no idea what that person's done on me. You have no idea what that person or those people have said about me behind my back. Maybe it's time to let it go and just follow Jesus. Maybe it's time just to to walk away from it and say, you know what? I'm going to serve them anyway because Jesus' way is the way I follow him. What I want to do is show you a movie clip from Lord of the Rings, okay? Do you like Lord of the Rings? So I'm going to show a clip, and then uh, I'm going to finish you off, okay? All our hopes now lie with two little hobbits somewhere in the I wonder if we'll ever be put into songs or tales. What? I wonder if people will ever say, let's hear about Frodo and the ring. And they'll say, yes, it's one of my favorite stories. 
Frodo was really courageous, wasn't he, Dad? Yes, my boy. The most famousest of hobbits. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> You've left out one of the chief characters. Samwise the Brave. I want to hear more about Sam. shouldn't make fun. I was being serious. So was I. Samwise the Brave. Smeagol? You know, that clip is just a short clip showing the story of Sam and Frodo in Lord of the Rings. And, um, you know, it's a great, if you've never seen the movies, I would watch them. It's great. But I want to ask you a question by looking at that clip. In that clip, who do you consider to be the most successful? Do you consider Frodo to be the most successful then? The one who's been given the ring? You know, to, to, to make the epic journey, to, like he's, he has the challenge before him. You know, he's been, he's been given it, and he has to walk it through and make sure it happens. Or do you consider Sam to be the actual one who's the most successful? The one who lays down his life to serve his friend. The one who stands up for his mate. The one who walks with him when he's struggling, who carries him at times. You see, in terms of what Jesus says about the kingdom of God and to his disciples in Matthew 20, success is based in servitude. In that clip, Sam is the most successful in terms of the kingdom of God because he laid down something to serve someone else. You see, the question I asked at the beginning of this talk, if you want to say, was who wants to be successful? Maybe the question actually is, is who wants to follow Jesus? You know, I think there's a difference in our society about admiring Jesus. Because we can admire Jesus from afar. We can look at somebody and say, you know what, I really respect them. I think it's a great idea. You know, that, that's, that's wonderful. But you don't have to get close when you admire somebody. You don't have to touch them. You can do it from afar and say, you know what, that's great. Keep going. I think it's wonderful. But Jesus didn't call us to admire him. He called us to follow him. He called us to actually become like him in the way that we live. Jesus called his disciples and they said to them, come follow me. Come and follow me. That was a challenge to come and become like Jesus. That's what it means. If you want to follow Jesus, it means to become like him. Success, you know, is really not determined by our world. The scale that we put each other on. 
That's really not what success is. Success is determined in the way of the kingdom and following Jesus Christ and laying down our lives for each other and making sure that each other succeeds more than ourselves. That's what success is. The challenge is this. Are you willing to do it? Am I willing to do it? Am I willing to do it tomorrow when I wake up and serve other people? Because in the way of the kingdom of God, that's what success is. What I want to do, just to finish, is I, I tend to do this just at the end of a, uh, of a talk, is just reflect on, on what's been said. Because there's so much has been bombarded at you, and I realize that. But just to stop and reflect on what's been said. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I'm going to make a few comments. And you're going to reflect on them. And then I'll pray. And then we'll finish, okay? So let's close our eyes. What definition of success are you living by? Are you caught up on the trap of trying to be the best compared to other people? Or better than other people? Or are you looking to serve someone? Who are you serving? You know, maybe there's been somebody and, uh, and they've hurt you in the past. And they've said stuff about you, as I mentioned earlier. And maybe it's time to let it go. Maybe it's time to serve them where they're at. To actually reach out to them. And put them in the place of honor as Jesus did with Judas. But what about that person on the fringes of your group? That guy or girl that, that nobody likes, that nobody really wants to spend time with? Are you willing to reach out to them? Father, my prayer is this, that we would become people and a community 
but show Jesus to the world by becoming people who are successful in terms of serving each other. That our heart would be first and foremost to follow Jesus in terms of becoming like him in what we do and what we say. To reach out to those people who maybe are on the fringes of our society. God, help us by your Spirit and lead us by your Spirit to become an expression of your love to the world. Thank you, God, that you love us and nothing can separate us from it. And that your spirit is with us always. That as we go and as we leave, we know that you go with us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.